Today is Thursday, June 16th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. As we continue to wait for the Dobbs news to drop from the Supreme Court, there's some disturbing new numbers on abortion rates that have just been released. We'll have that story and more on today's podcast. If you want news from a Christian perspective, which is what we do here, and you agree with that mission, please subscribe to this podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Be here every day. Share it with a friend. We would love nothing more for you to join us as we go through the news of the cray, as we like to call it, with Billy Hallowell and Trey Gones Phillips from CBN's FaithWire.com. Happy Thursday, or as Trey likes to say, Friday Junior to y'all. What's going on? We've made it. We've We're made it. Weekend. We've right. made it. Yes. I mean, I'm just... Isn't Friday Junior? Doesn't that sound more fun than just it is. Thursday? It is. Thursday Whoever... is kind of a blah day. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just Thursday. And Friday Junior, again, this is part... I think we've initiated something... I would encourage you and your friends to all, if you're just new to this podcast, take the quick start challenge, which is what I'm dubbing it, (laughs) which is, I think your weeks will go faster. They go fast to me and we're on this podcast. I think it's scientifically proven. Listening to the the world. Yes. Listening to this podcast gets you to get through the news of the cray a little bit easier, right? With some fellow Christians, we're giving you that perspective, God's sovereignty. We keep it all in perspective here. So um, take that challenge. Just give the podcast a try for two to three weeks. Sign up, and uh, I think you'll see that your weeks will go by faster and more smoothly. That's the that's the quick start guarantee. So uh, yeah, but anyway, there is no there's no money back though. No, sorry. there's no money back guarantee. So sorry about that. If, if yeah yeah, uh, we don't want to hear from you if, if it doesn't work out anyway. So <laughs> that's just how we roll here. But all right, what do we have coming up on the podcast today, guys? All right, so we're going to talk about Justin Bieber. He's using a recent health diagnosis Mm. to point people to Jesus, uh, which is really encouraging. And we've got actor Chris Evans, who believes that people concerned over the inclusion of same-sex content in films are idiots. So we'll talk about that. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's nice. All right, looking forward to those stories coming up. Plus, on our main thing today, guys, we are going to dive into this debate between... Uh, those who are calling out grooms and pedophiles with all this sexualized content among kids, and then those who are saying that that's just homophobic, transphobic bigotry. Uh, We're going to get into that debate on the main thing today. But first up, first thing, we're going to go through this recent data that shows the number of American women having abortions increased from 2017 to 2020. Remember, this was a popular narrative going on amongst the pro-choice crowd that Oh, despite all this clamoring and this crying going on from you pro-lifers, abortions are going down. Our policies are working. Well, that doesn't appear to be the case as one in five pregnancies ended in abortion in 2020, which of course would make logical sense given the narratives going around right now, which is shout your abortion. And they're really embracing that logic that, hey, if we were pro-choice here, that this all choices are good choices. So uh, that is where we're at. And according to the Gutmaker Institute, formerly the research arm of Planned Parenthood, 930,000 babies were aborted in 2020. Almost a million. That is shocking. And that is up from 862,000 in 2017. 
which had been the lowest number since 1973 when Roe v. Wade was instituted and abortion became essentially legal across the country. So we're seeing that rise right now. You can read about it on CBNnews.com, get the details and how it plays out in different areas. And one thing I wanted to point out here, guys, is Lila Rose, as it's stated in the CBN report, she talked to a lot of people about the abortion issue. Of course, she runs live action, a very pro-life group. But one of the surprising things she found was that a lot of Americans don't know what abortion is. I found this shocking. I found this utterly shocking. And then when she told them what it was and even showed some videos, a lot of them came away saying, um, yeah, I'm not for that. So really that language game of it, which I talk about coming up in the main thing today, this language game of choice versus actually what abortion is, has pulled the wool over people's eyes. But uh, I think our worst fears from the pro-life side are kind of coming true with this narratives about abortion, that it's shout your abortion, that it's okay, that it's rising. What is your guys' reaction? I'll throw, throw it out to the room here on this news that abortions are actually on the rise again. Yeah, you know, it's such a complicated issue because people are going to look for the reason why, right? Like, yeah. what is it that's driving that? Is it policy? Is it economy? Is it, you know, but at the end of the day, I mean, we can debate those things all day long, but if people had a proper worldview, if they had the a gospel-centered worldview, they, they wouldn't be thinking about abortion as an option, right? So yeah. I think it kind of points us back to, our need to really be engaging with people on this topic and not just this topic, but on the gospel more generally, um, because right now we've got a worldview crisis. Yeah. And if you look at, I mean, look, look at everything that's going on in this country and look at how bad it is. It shouldn't really come as a shock that that issue would become more of a problem as well at the same time. Well, I think this is a good, um, a good picture of the power of persuasion because yeah. we have a culture that is over the years consistently and increasingly loudly uh, separated um, the, the reality of abortion uh, from from the term abortion or terminating a pregnancy or or whatever. So I think people, even though I think at their heart of hearts, you know, in, in their most intellectual corners of their brains, they know what abortion is. Yeah. But they can know that they can go and have the abortion, or they can be the partner to the one who had the abortion, uh, and then they can turn on the TV, watch the news, and they can really be kind of placated into into convincing themselves that there was nothing wrong with what they yeah. did, that it wasn't what it actually was. So. So I think right now we're just seeing, unfortunately, the rotten fruit of a culture uh, that has, uh, uh, you know, adopted and embraced this evil. Of course, we'll keep an eye on this and we will uh, definitely post uh, updates as they come. So life throws all of us curveballs. What matters, though, as believers is how we react when things don't go as we anticipated. So Justin Bieber is a perfect example of that recently. Uh, he's been diagnosed with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, a very rare condition that's typically associated with a shingles outbreak uh, and generally causes facial paralysis and hearing loss on the side of the face where the virus, usually through the ear, uh, first originated. So for Bieber, the paralysis from the infection in his ear forced him to cancel tour dates. Uh, he even posted a video on Instagram showing that he can't blink or smile on one half of his face. 
face, the, the side of his face that's infected. Uh, but he did update his fans this week saying that he has improved each day since his diagnosis. Uh, some of that, of course, is due to the care from his doctors and thanks to exercises, you know, physical therapy exercises uh, that he's been doing to improve the situation. But much of it, as he said, is because of his faith. So Bieber, who's 28, he's been op open and outspoken about his, his Christian beliefs in recent years, uh, particularly since his marriage to model Haley Baldwin. Uh, before being outspoken about his Christian faith, uh, Bieber had several run-ins with the law. Uh, you can Google that if you, if you didn't see it. It was literally plastered everywhere for years, it seemed, uh, that he was just, you know, bad story after bad story uh, of him acting out in different ways. But he's really turned his life around uh, and is using his platform quite often to talk about his faith and Haley does the same. Uh, but in the days since his diagnosis, uh, Bieber's been using his platform to encourage people to trust God by showing how he's trusting God. Uh, he said this week, through all of this discomfort, I found comfort in the one who designed me and who knows me. He said, I'm reminded that he knows all of me talking about God. He knows the darkest parts of me that I want no one to know about me. Uh, and he constantly welcomes me into his loving arms. This perspective has given me peace during this horrific storm I'm facing. I know this storm will pass, he said, but in the meantime, Jesus is with me. He ended with this. By this point in my life, I realize storms come and go. Jesus continues to remind me that he is with me in the midst of the storm. It's not about the storm. It's that we are never alone and he understands. Uh, so as for his future performances, Bieber thanked his fans for their patience as he recovers uh, from this syndrome. It's not obviously clear when he's fully going to be back to normal, uh, but he said that he is anticipating a return to normalcy uh, soon uh, and will resume performing as soon as, as he can. But he said he knows that right now uh, his body is telling him to pump the brakes and he needs to take a little bit of time uh, to not go back out. And he even said right now, even if I wanted to go back on and perform, I physically can't. Uh, so, but this is is not the first thing, or even the the only thing uh, that the Biebers are dealing with. Uh, recently, Haley suffered stroke-like symptoms. I think this was just a couple months ago, uh, and was rushed to the hospital because she, what they ultimately found, had a blood clot in her brain. Uh, she's thankfully doing better, but she also talked about uh, her faith at the time, and and Justin talked about his faith at the time and how they leaned on that together. So, uh, certainly, I think the takeaway here uh, is Christians, and I know the. CBN audience, the Faith War audience, we're a praying audience. Uh, so just continue to be praying for them. Pray for Justin as he's recovering and uh, pray that he does discipline himself to take that time off to get better uh, and that he continues to use his platform to, to talk about Christ. He's kind of been off the radar a little bit lately and he was kind of popping out all the time and making uh, headlines for being outspoken about his faith and not saying he's not doing that. Obviously, he's just must have other things going on. Of course, there was the Hillsong debacle, and I know he had some connections with uh, Carl Lenz and the Hillsong Church. So there's probably a whole host of reasons why he's laying low. But yeah, definitely praying for him. And um, because I appreciate a lot of the things he has said, uh, and and his wife as well. They've said some very solid things that sound theologically solid anyway to me. So from what I can see on the outside looking in, his faith looks solid. So definitely praying that uh, the young man gets on the men soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've both had, you know, health problems, which is they think they think they both need prayer. And it's just uh, it's crazy, too. I think it reminds people that celebrities are humans, right? Yeah. A lot of people in culture forget that fact. And so seeing people go through things and then seeing them go through it with grace and turn to Jesus in the midst of it. Um, that's a pretty a pretty powerful thing. 
of course, you can always check out CBNnews.com and FaithWire.com. If there's a Bieber update, we're gonna we're gonna have it there for you for sure. If he says something and plays a worship song or does whatever, it's always fun to it's always fun to check in with him when he's doing that kind of stuff. So we'll have that for you there as well. So people who have concerns about the impact of same-sex content in entertainment are apparently idiots, at least according (laughs) to actor Chris Evans. Now, Chris Evans, he's known for Captain America and the Marvel uh, Universe, but he's also in Disney Pixar's latest animated feature, Lightyear. Now, this is a movie about the Toy Story character, Buzz Lightyear, and a lot of interesting things about this story. Um, Obviously, we don't have Tim Allen starring in this role, which is who we use usually have. We now have Chris Evans, so there's been some changes there um, and a lot of interesting debate there. But today we're going to talk about these remarks from Chris Evans, um, who was speaking about the film and said, look, the real truth is those people are idiots, referring to those individuals who would have concerns about the same-sex content, which, by the way, a lot of Christian parents and a lot of parents in general have these concerns. It's a kid's movie and you're introducing a same-sex kiss in this film he went on to say throughout history you can see every time there's been social advancement as we wake up the american story the human story is one of constant social awakening and growth and that's what makes us good now we could have a whole conversation about that good who defines good right (laughs) what is good uh but but he didn't stop there he went on to say there are always going to be people who are afraid and unaware and trying to hold on to what was before He then encourages people, and this is the really interesting part, to just ignore those people entirely. He says, quote, those people die off like dinosaurs. I think the goal is to pay them no mind, march forward, and embrace the growth that makes us human. Now, it's interesting because his remarks, obviously, they're going to offend a lot of people. They've caught a lot of attention, very dismissive of Christians, who are mainly the people who have issues with this content. It seems that this strategy of talking about the controversy of the same-sex kiss in Lightyear is something that Disney Pixar is leaning into. They at least haven't told the staff not to talk about it because people involved in the film have been doing interviews about it. Actress Kiki Palmer has spoken out, calling the adverse reaction terrible. Uh, We've seen the producer, Galen Sussman, uh, talking about how she thinks there's, quote, there isn't anything in this film that is inappropriate for anybody. And so the list goes on, uh, but they're directly addressing this, and it seems like they're doubling down, and it'll be really interesting to see how that affects the performance of Lightyear. Yeah. I mean, they're already possibly on the struggle bus with this performance. Just the fact that they took out Tim Allen from it and he's just got an iconic voice. He is Buzz Lightyear, as Patricia Heaton said. It's unbelievable to me that these actors and whoever's in the limelight here, they don't understand that regardless of which side they're on, that there are two sides to this issue. And it's a pretty even split. I mean, you're looking at a 50-50-ish ballpark number, so... You're just willing to hack off half of the people in America by saying something like that instead of having a more nuanced answer. And it's disappointing, but not unexpected. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reality, too, is even if there are parents who are, for whatever reason, if they're not believers or you know, whatever it is, who are undecided on this issue, I still think there are probably a lot of secular parents who don't necessarily want sexualized content right. in movies yeah, geared just toward children. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think, what are you gaining? And unfortunately, I think this so much of this is just uh, spiritual warfare. Yeah. Uh, and I think there are blinders on in our culture uh, that they just cannot see. Like you were saying, Dan, there are two sides to this issue. 
you. But I think, unfortunately, the secular world just doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, they've become incapable of seeing another reality. Mm, indeed. And that gap between the left and right seems to be wider than ever today, guys. You know, there is a split and it just it used to be a little closer, but now we're way apart. And and uh, as we head into our main thing today, I think nowhere is that more apparent than the recent spike in coverage of these drag queen shows featuring mm. children. You got some people accepting it, others fighting it. And on today's main thing, we're going to dive into this burgeoning spiritual war, as you, I think, correctly labeled it, Trey. So take a listen. Today, we look at how one Twitter mega thread has ignited the national debate during Pride Month between those calling out groomers and pedophiles and others who are claiming anti-LGBT hate. Something most Americans believed was relegated to obscure nightclubs has suddenly transformed into a full-on movement seemingly overnight. Video showing the inclusion of children in these events has shocked the conscience of American public Yet the LGBT movement has been largely silent on the issue. Or when they speak out, they're defending the practice as just dancing and having fun. Citizens are starting to rise up, however. This video shows some concerned citizens confronting a drag queen story hour led by an alleged pedophile. So who brought the training? Who, who brought the pedophile? Hold on. No, thank you. Who brought the pedophile? Popular Twitter account Libs of TikTok, who's risen to fame highlighting leftist behavior such as this. But after a recent drag queen mega thread, the problem is clearly much worse than previously thought. The videos are extremely unsettling. They include a video of a bakery in New Jersey hosting a quote, family-friendly drag show. The clip shows a man dressed as a woman, dancing from table to table while adults and a minor shove money into his shirt. Several young children are standing looking on. Another video, a gay nightclub in Minnesota, holding a drag show for children. The video shows an adult man dressed as a woman, dancing with next to no clothes on for a room full of screaming adults and children. Other clips in the thread don't just feature kids at the shows. One has a child performing for the adults. The young child in question tosses their jacket off, and the crowd screams wildly. Then the child dances seductively for the adults. The child's wearing makeup, and the adults are stunningly giving the child money for this sexualized routine. It's incredibly disturbing. There are dozens of examples like this. Drag queen story hours at libraries for kids, Pride events where the drag queens are encouraging kids to tip. And it's not just drag shows now for this movement. Schools are also ground zero for this highly sexualized content. The book Gender Queer, for example, was recently exposed as being featured at several high schools across the country. A New Jersey high school featured it for Pride Month. They proudly tweeted out a picture of several books, and it was among them. This book contains extremely graphic images of sexual acts. It is pornography. Some teachers are even encouraging transition closets for their kids and lying outright to their parents. This is from a teacher, quote, The goal of the transition closet is for our students to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. 
This behavior has led to calls of groomer being used towards anyone promoting the sexualization of kids. But efforts to expose this have been met with cries of hate, anti-LGBT, and transphobic. Underscoring the wide gap in this debate is an insider email tip that exposed a Slack conversation between Twitter employees in which they discussed banning and deplatforming the libs of TikTok account. Concerns about deplatforming them were met with cries of, how dare you worry about that, while trans people are literally being wiped off the face of the earth. So as you can see, language is being used as a weapon versus actual reality. No one's being wiped off the face of the earth. Just like choice was used as a weapon to make abortion acceptable, hate and anti-LGBT and homophobic and transphobic are being used to try and convince the public that transgender sexual shows are indeed morally acceptable. Drag Queen Story Hour's executive director Jonathan Hamelt said, Any attempt to criminalize our work is rooted in tired, homophobic, and transphobic hate and misinformation, and we refuse to give in to politicians who are too bigoted and boring to comprehend our vision for a world in which every child can be safe fully expressing who they are. Anyone who dares speak out against the LGBT movement risks getting labeled a bigot or a homophobe or just getting instantly banned from social media. We've seen several high-profile accounts get banned for simply saying men can't get pregnant. Independent journalist Savannah Hernandez, her account mysteriously vanished after this report where she simply talked to trans and LGBT people at a pride parade. Yeah. <laughs> what age did you know that you were gay? Um, I, I think it, it was around like 10 as well when I, st I started questioning if I was bi. And then since then it was kind of like a, a slippery slope. My bi, omni, lesbian. And then I, I kind of like, recently I've been like, am I pan? But then I like, I think now I'm starting to realize that I'm queer. There's so much confusion, but people are still being canceled even when they simply question it. Allie Beth Stuckey was momentarily suspended after a tweet mildly criticizing Fox News for airing an extremely one-sided and very pro-transgender profile piece on a transgender child. And of course, Libs of TikTok was suspended for the mega-thread in question, but later reinstated. Despite the cries of bigotry, there is real reason to be concerned. Brett Blom, former head of the Cream City LGBTQ Plus Foundation, which runs a Drag Queen Story Hour program, they were arrested last year on charges of possession of child pornography. In Arizona, a teacher arranged a drag show for students and was later arrested for allegedly having sex with a student. That's just two examples, yet most of these drag shows and LGBT pride events, by nature, are very sexual. That's what they're celebrating, who and what they have sex with, so it makes logical sense that that's what these events are going to be focused around. People are not reacting well to this trend, and politicians are starting to take action. Representatives in Florida and Texas have put forth bills that would ban minors from attending drag shows in the state. Republican Rep. Anthony Sabatini said he plans to propose legislation to make bringing a child to a drag show a felony with the potential to terminate parental rights. He called for an emergency special legislative session last week, citing the recent Pride on the Block drag show for kids in West Palm Beach. Texas lawmaker Brian Slayton announced his plan likewise to introduce legislation to ban minors from attending drag shows in the state of Texas, citing videos of a Drag the Kids to Pride drag show in Dallas. Expect this fight to only grow louder and become more widespread in the future because the masks appear to be coming off. People are coming out of the shadows and declaring who they really are and what they're really about.
This is a spiritual war, as stated in Ephesians 6. And when there's no objective, immutable, eternal standard of morality, where does it all stop? If sexually charged drag queen shows for kids is considered acceptable today, I think it's clear it's not going to stop anytime soon. All right, so there you have it. And we're going to continue reporting on that. Guys, that story is obviously not going away uh, anytime soon. I mean, like I said, this gap is wider than ever. So uh, expect more of it, not less of it. But we've got time for one last thing today. So Trey, what do you got? So after being threatened with an eviction, a retiree in Minneapolis, her name is Linda Taylor, didn't know what she was going to do. Uh, that's when the community, though, came together on her behalf and raised a quarter of a million dollars so that she could buy the house that she's lived in for nearly 20 years. Uh, so Linda arrived in Minneapolis 19 years ago as a volunteer to help the homeless and the needy and just rented the house that she lived in. But in a twist of truly beautiful irony, the community that she's spent her life serving uh, is making sure that she's taken care of mm. uh, and in a way that, that really honors her dedication to the community. It's just a beautiful full circle story. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it makes me think of just we don't we don't need to rely on the government or these big institutions. I mean, if, if people just paid attention to one another and rallied around one another, these are the kinds of amazing things we can do. So that's great to see. Yeah, it is. It's powerful when a community comes together, too. And, and again, it's a reminder that there are still good people doing yeah. kind things in the world. We need that reminder yeah, today. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we did it. We're through Friday, Junior. We are. It's Friday Eve on the eve of Friday. Congratulations, but enjoy the rest of your Thursday. And uh, as always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. If you agree with that mission, please help us grow. Subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, leave a five-star rating. We'd love for you to do all that good stuff. And Lord willing, in that creek don't rise, we'll be back here for more tomorrow. God bless.